The Wedding Feelers Podcast. Listen to our podcast. The buffet's closed. We're smaller clothes. Um, so uh, this evening um, we are joined by Michelle Harriet and we are joined by Leanne Jones. Uh, Michelle um, and I are actually members of the same Slimming World group, aren't we? In Seal, glorious, yeah, glorious sunny Seal. Um, so Michelle's going to sort of um, chat about uh, her her spin on her experiences with Slimming World and her weight loss journey, if you like. I, I really hate that they say journey so much. Um, and uh, and I'm also joined by the lovely Leanne Jones. Um, how would you like to be described, Leanne? <laughs> I don't know. The actress? The actress, um, yeah. the performer, uh, Olivier Award winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, thank uh, you. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I'll try not to embarrass you too much. Um, so, yeah, they, they've very, very uh, kindly joined us this evening to have a chat about their experiences um, with um, their mental health, their weight, their fitness, all sorts of things that... That's, uh, that we've been trying to chat about. So um, just before we get going, though, I just want to say, um, Rich, uh, obviously, he was here for episode one. He's missed episode two. Uh, he isn't missing. We do know where he is. And actually, sadly, because of the fact that um, Rich is a full-time musician, uh, he has had to find other employment um, because of all that's going on at the moment. So he will be joining us a little bit later on down the line. Uh, we've got something penciled in, so he should be um, coming, up, coming back on board. Um, so you will hear from him. So he hasn't disappeared altogether. Um, I think it's uh, probably a really good way to start with you, Leanne, um, talking about the impact on the creatives that uh, COVID has had. Um, mm-hmm. How have you been finding the not performing? What's What's been happening for you? Uh, talk us through your experiences so far. Well, I on New Year's Eve uh, for 2019... Um, we made a really big deal of it this year because obviously it's 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a really lovely number. It was to supposed to be the one, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And uh, I had a tour booked for this year. Oh, right. Um, I had an au pair booked that was coming over from Australia to look after my children so I could go on tour. Uh-huh. So as soon as it all sort of kicked off in March, um, it was in like within a week of like when I was supposed to be leaving and she was supposed to be arriving from Australia. And so that week was really, really horrible because I didn't know what was going on. And, yeah. Um, I sort of felt okay that the tour was postponed because that actually has been postponed. I'm going to be doing it next year. Sure. Um, it was still horrible. And I'm very fortunate that I am actually supported by my husband. So I it, was, it wasn't it was sort of like the loss of the money that was so terrifying. I knew it was coming, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was just more like when you've set everything, when you've put something in place and I'd sorted out my childcare. The childcare is the thing that causes me the most anxiety, I suppose. And yeah. Um, as a working mum, but the fact I know it's happening next year is good. That's great. Where, where, where is the tour? It's going to be all around the UK. Nice. And it's called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Okay, tell us <laughs> a bit more about it. It's basically four women in a karaoke bar. Huh. Um, so it's a comedy play right. with like sketches and stuff. Um, obviously, they're just talking about like men and like I think some of it might be weight loss. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and then they get up and sing. Right. So it's like a play with songs. Okay. Have minutes. you have you written this? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've, I've been You've been cast within it. Yes, I All right. have, yeah. Very cool. Mm. All right. And uh, will you be coming to Gravesend? Yes, we're going to a couple of um, Kent venues, actually. All right. Maybe before the podcast's over, I should quickly... <laughs> I should plug them, shouldn't I? Well, well should we do that after you? Because Leanne's going to sing for us uh, this evening as well. Um, so we'll, I'll let you uh, have five minutes when we when we pause and you can, you can do a quick thoughts. Google. Okay. Uh, yeah, Thank find you. out what's going on. Uh, I'm curious to know um, from you, like, how how were those first? Because for me, from a, from a performance perspective, it was just like those first couple of weeks, just like not having a gig, you know, for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks for me. 
Uh, and so it was kind of, kind of quite nice for me to be at home on a Friday and Saturday night. I'm sure it probably wasn't for my wife. She's <laughs> so used to her, you know, Friday and Saturday night rituals. But then the sort of third and fourth week, Richard and I were saying um, the other week when we when we chatted that, you know, actually, we, we kind of want to do it now. We, mm. We're ready. <laughs> Let's go back to it. So how were those first, you know, those first couple of weeks of lockdown for you? Yeah, again, they were just really dry. There was like no creativeness anywhere mm. apart from things I was but doing But you, you were able to spend time with your kids and with your yeah. family? Yeah. I think as parents of one of the only generations, I don't know in how many centuries maybe even, yeah. that have had all that quality time yeah. with their children. So because I'm going away on tour next year, it sort of made me feel like, oh, well, we had this amazing year together yeah. this year. Yeah. Next year. Absolutely. And I've been saying that to people as well. I've, again... From a personal perspective, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old and to spend so much time with them, I mean, initially was difficult because, mm. uh, you know, they're loud. It's intense, yeah. It is very intense. Um, but actually, I, you know, I, I, I was, well, my son learned to ride his bike. There were so many firsts that I might have missed because I might have been at work and, and things like that. So you're absolutely spot on. I've been saying that exact same thing. Mm. You know, we are one of the only generations to have been able to be so close to our, our kids growing up. So mm. I suppose that's one of the few pos- positives to take yeah, from it exactly. if there are any so well, that's great well I'm, I'm pleased the tour is still going ahead and uh, obviously you know feel free to share anything about that um in advance on our instagram page and stuff like that we'd love to hear what you're doing um and michelle talk to me about your lockdown experience because um, um, was it any different for you what, what was the what was it like for in your household well it, i live alone so right. um it took a, in some ways it took a lot of adjusting because suddenly my home became my home and my office so I didn't stop working and I haven't stopped working since the country went into lockdown Um, I was fortunate enough to go on a holiday in March and I came back from skiing from France the day they closed the borders my goodness and so I came home they'd already preempted me at work that they were thinking about sending people home so take your laptop take things with you Um, and I got home and then I came home to an email saying don't come into the office and that was gosh what seven and a half eight months ago now Mm. um so i had to adapt very quickly to still have the nine to five routine but within the same four walls that i also had my non-working hours and so it was just an adjustment as to how i had to separate my life my my work life from my personal life yeah that's tough isn't it yeah really tough and you're still working from home now are you going in the office at all or the office is there if partners um, feel like they need to go in for their well-being. Right. Um, work have been fantastic about that and talking, um, getting people to talk to each other. And if you need to get out of the house, if you feel like being in the office will make you more productive yeah. or will make you feel better about being able to do your day job, mm-hmm. then they were absolutely fine. They They'll said you, you can come in. Yeah. They're obviously limited to numbers. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to book your slot, I suppose, don't you? Exactly. <clears throat> so I think out of the capacity for the building, we had 2,500 people that worked in the building. And now if we follow all the COVID restrictions, only 500 could go back. Wow. So nice. they told us today, not likely to go back until January. Um, so the home working is potentially going to be my future for mm. the majority of my my working time so wow. it's at the moment it's quite tough because i don't know how to plan for that yeah it's okay for the first 6 weeks like you said of course it is. you get into a routine and then sort of after about 3 months i'm getting a bit itchy yeah the realization kicks in doesn't it you're like uh, actually um this is this is it for a, for a long time absolutely yeah 
and I, I just what I missed most is just being around people mm. you can have 20 zoom calls a day but it's just not, the, not same the same as being in mm. company no definitely those, not. those soft personal skills the uh, just the like banter isn't it absolutely yeah absolutely yeah meetings are really efficient that's great you can get them <laughs> done in half the time that you did when you're in the office yeah a you're not everyone's on time and you can also turn your camera off and pretend to be what you know in, in involved about actually doing something else right we're all doing that right yeah don't incriminate yourself but i mean and i'm not doing that i, am. I, uh, I have a couple of occasions <laughs> where i do that yeah. or i'm talking to a screen of icons because nobody else has turned <laughs> their camera on yeah that's that's mm. that's think a lot of people are doing that probably aren't they um, and of course Michelle the reason that I've, I've asked you to come down and I'm very grateful for you to come down today is um, because Michelle is an absolute machine when it comes to uh, the, the weight loss uh, that she has had um, in her time uh, you know, <coughs> whilst you've been a member of Slimming World um, how, how, how much weight have you lost do, doing that? Um, I think the maximum that I've lost in my current journey was five stone 13 and a half pounds but That's amazing. Um, you have your up and down weeks so i'm i'm not quite sitting at that number at the moment i'm closer to sort of just under five stone but i've sort of i mean it's still not a bad figure is it no not at all (laughs) i think um yeah that's that's an amazing achievement and well done but i'm curious to know how uh, well i actually would quite like to know for my own benefit more than anything how how did you do it (laughs) what was your starting point like what what prompted you to start let's go back uh, however long ago that was what what was the bit where you're like um i need to do something here well um, I joined four and a half years ago and uh, I wouldn't say that it was my own choice. Right. It was more my mum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a very, she cares about all of us very, very much, my entire family, but she can be very vocal about how much she cares and <laughs> how she thinks we can better ourselves in a positive way yeah um but i'd never really been so bothered about my size it was just i'm tall i'm five foot ten so i can actually carry a relatively large amount of weight and not look overweight yeah Mm -hmm. um but there was one particular photo uh that was taken with me and my dad in um the giants causeway northern ireland and I looked at this photo after it was taken of me and it was just, that is not who I saw in the mirror. And it was a real wake up call to go, oh my goodness, that mm. I don't like what I'm looking at here. And mum said, right, okay, that's it. Let's go, we'll both go, we'll do this together. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and she found Lorraine, she found the group in Seal. Right. Dragged me along on a Monday night. I was a little reticent to start with because I just thought, oh, I just, I don't know. I'm happy with my life, I'm okay. Mm with how i eat that's really good to hear because i think i've 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 vocalized that fact in our group before and i I think i remember saying i'm pretty sure i said this or i might have just thought that i think i spent about 10 weeks at the beginning just being like you know i'm here that that's enough uh and not really taking anything on board so i'm actually really um really reassured to know that's not just me being an ass basically (laughs) um but yeah I, i felt quite comfortable in my skin um so yeah, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that, no, that's that, reassuring me. Thank you. I think what made me reluctant to go in the first place is that stigma that comes with going to a weight group. Because unless you might be there for a medical reason or you might be there for your own personal reasons, but it's almost you have to admit defeat the minute you walk through the door. You have to admit there's a problem mm. or that there's something you want to change with your life. And yeah. if 
if you're not already there in that mindset, that's probably what stops a lot of people from walking through the door. Yeah. And so I went with my mum and I sat down and you get the spiel as a new member. And I suddenly thought, well, actually, this doesn't sound too difficult. This sounds manageable and this sounds really good. I remember she had this big picture of the dishes that you could eat and the dishes that you couldn't. And I remember the first thing going, but there's potatoes in this diet <laughs> and or in this lifestyle plan rather. And there's pasta and there's rice and all those things that you, you think, think you have to give you up. Think you have to give up. And I got really excited about it. I thought, actually, I really don't have to change very much with what I'm eating. There's maybe a few things I need to cut out, a few things I need to change, but okay, I'll give this a go. Mm. And it, it just gave me a whole new perspective on how to approach food. Yeah, when I called Lorraine for the first time, again, I called her and I was like, yeah, well, I'm making a phone call. And I think <laughs> the amount of time she said, you can still have a kebab. Um, and I was like, really? And that is the thing that got me through the door. I was like, mm, okay, well, that, that sounds interesting. Tell me how. What is this witchcraft of, you know, not dieting, lifestyle plan, but having a kebab still? How does that work? Um, there was one guy in the group um, quite early on. We actually had at one stage more men in our did you we did i'm gonna come to that in a moment actually yeah i'm sure like i feel like well i am i think no there's one other guy no two other guys aren't there but certainly male numbers are they're they're lower than the the female sort of members of the group why Mm. do you think that is i think because people associate weight loss and dieting with i think primarily with women Mm. um or women being being bothered about it yeah Mm. and probably being more vocal more proactive or more out there yeah. about it well that's the exact reason this podcast came about i want to try to open that up more for guys to have that conversation because as i have said in group before so without the intention of boring you again probably for me the sort of the the, the progress i've made has been um as a result of me sharing it with my friends and hearing actually they've had similar experiences and, and realizing actually it's okay like oh right okay they're similar to me so the first thing I said to her was, you know, are there other guys there? Because I didn't want to be the only guy sitting in this room. And I was pleased that there were two or three, weren't there, at the time. And I think that was switched over now. But, yeah, I, I don't think men talk about it too much. No. I think I think that's a real shame. And I think hopefully, if anything good comes from doing this podcast, hopefully that, you know, some people will actually just start having those conversations a little bit more, you know, happily or at least a bit more openly. can only lead to good, can't it, I suppose? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've lost five stone, thereabouts. You're moving up and down every now and then, but yep. you're not going back to where you were at the beginning, where you were unhappy with it. So wh- you sat down with Lorraine, you did the chat. So how do you consistently... Like, you're, you seem to be very thorough with your uh, your planning. Um, is, that the, is that the key? I think so. Food-wise? Absolutely. Um, I think, in all honesty, it starts with the right mindset. You have to want to do it for mm-hmm. yourself. It doesn't matter how many other people encourage you suggest it to you nobody can do it yeah but you yeah and i am i think in my own personal self how i live my life how i do my work i'm quite an organized person and maybe it's because i'm a taurus i can be quite bullheaded about things as well mm. quite stubborn mm-hmm. so i was determined to make this work for me um and for me that was writing everything down keeping a food diary um, and I kept a food diary past the four weeks that they suggest you to. I think I kept a food diary for two and a half years. Right. I didn't hand them in, but yeah. it was my way of, of managing it. Of managing yeah, it, absolutely. Nice. Um, making lists, planning, 
working out all the dishes that I want to cook. Yeah. And so I then had dedicated days. Sunday is my food shop batch cook day. Um, and so I set up all the meals or at least one of the meals I'm going to cook. And I prep that on a on that day, portion it up, and then I'll eat that during the week or freeze some. and Yeah, nice. Do things like that. It's just about having these quick... Well, for me, it's about having these quick wins. I was saying in an earlier podcast that, you know, it was a revelation to me when I think somebody in the group was like, you know, just cook more for dinner and take that for your lunch. I was like, oh, what? What? You know, what a wonderful idea. And it's so simple. And I feel so stupid, actually, sometimes thinking that why didn't I think about that sooner? But it's just those quick wins. They're so uh, you know, so um, readily offered. And that's why it's been great staying in the group, just hearing what other people do. Um, not always about, you know, the struggles that they're having and me thinking, oh, good, that's me as well. But mainly the positives. You're always coming up with incredible recipes. Um, and you know, and you you seem to be the oracle of all, all things um, sin values. I know that Lorraine re- sort of refers to you as a bit of the, the sin dictionary, doesn't she? So, well, I only because I have an incredibly sweet tooth, so I had to oh. I had to I had to learn quite early on um, how to substitute or find the replacements because right. you can't. Uh, I guess when you go into any kind of um, lifestyle change, that's exactly what it is, but. You, no one's expecting you to turn 180 degrees on the way you currently live your life. No. Um, Would you say it's gradual, isn't it? The changes are so gradual. Yeah. I mean, there are some people... I know I went cold turkey pretty much for the first two months. Um, didn't have any sins at all. How apart. did that go for you? Well, I think it's because I was still in that um, I want to do this, I'm going to make this work for me stage that um, it actually worked quite well. But then I realised it wasn't realistic because it's not, sustainable. it's not sustainable in the long term, which is why they call it a lifestyle plan, yeah. not a diet, because yeah. everyone knows <clears throat> a diet will never last. And did you did you combine your food choice changes uh, with any fitness stuff as well? What was what was happening there? Or are you not a, not a fit nut? Well, I've always enjoyed certain sports. So um, I come from a really sporty family. My my mum played for a local hockey club and was part of a hockey society. Um, well into her 50s and sort of early 60s. My dad played a lot of rugby. Mm. So I was always into sport and things growing up, yeah. but never at a competitive level because actually academics were slightly more my forte and became more of my focus as I got older. Yeah, um, I loved to dance, but never really took it anywhere other than going So it's to a pretty active lifestyle already by the sounds of it. It was, but then as soon as I started doing a nine to five that all went away Mm -hmm. because prior to that I used to work in hospitality industry so gosh on a on a really busy night you'd be walking five six miles so you didn't actually have to do any exercise (laughs) and the plates that you were lifting I would be working in a seafood restaurant and I'd have to carry three kilos of mussels to a table which was building your muscles absolutely (laughs) yeah that's good Mm. we'll Um, edit that out because that was shit actually (laughs) that was a dad joke sorry (laughs) But then, yeah, it was when I started working in an office that I think that's when it started piling on for me because yeah. I just became dormant. I wasn't. There must be so many people. I know that the conversations I've had with my friends who are in offices is that they don't have, they don't feel that they have the time to do anything. They're dormant during the day, and then that kind of continues into the evening. When actually, uh, the people who are you know successful with their weight loss, I suppose, are sort of making the time in the evening to go and do something else to be active. Mm. It must be so hard. Uh, must be so hard. Um, and so, so Leanne, in terms of um, your job, I mean, you're an amazing actress, you're a performer, you must be sort of 
moving all the time. You must, but you must also find it quite hard to sort of fit in that fit, sort of those fitness aspects of it. Yeah. So what what is it you're doing at the moment? Because I've seen loads of posts recently of the things you're doing. So talk us through oh, what you're doing you. at the yeah, moment. Yeah, this is at the moment though. Right. Like okay. I feel like I've been on a up and down roller coaster with. Uh, but it must be tough to fit things in. And fitness. Yeah. Both of those things. Yeah, it is. And the, at the moment, the only way that it works for me is when my boys are at school. Right. So I was saying, you know, how lucky I am that I um, have my husband, Stephen. So I, on a monthly basis, I'm not having to go and get a nine to five or, or even a weekend job or the things that I do freelance sort of support me and him. Yeah. But it's, he's he's the main breadwinner, I suppose that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and when my boys go to school and it's term time, I can actually, I my best time out I go is after I've dropped them at school. Right, cool. So because I have my days free yeah, and I know okay. how lucky I am. To have that time. Yeah. As soon as it's half term or I book a job that's a week long or something. All that time goes. Yeah. Mm. So the only reason it's worked, um, I started exercising properly in January. Uh, I know maybe it was September 18. No, September 19. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've been doing it much longer. Um, yeah, so basically between September and March, we went into lockdown. Yeah. I'd lost two stone. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. That's really good. Um, well done. That's quick Thank as you. well, isn't it? Yeah. That's really quick. How, yeah. how are you doing that? What, what were you doing? Was it just fitness stuff you were doing? To be fair, six months before that as well, I was doing food stuff. But then the, when the fitness kicked in, uh-huh. that really boosted it. Yeah, of course. Um, but I love dancing. If you love dancing, you should come to like Zumba or something. I yeah, I've, it's one of those things trying to find a a local mm. club that works with the commute. Mm. Well, when I had to commute, yeah. Fortunately, I only have to go down the stairs. This That's is the my perfect opportunity the now to to mute your camera mm-hmm. uh, and to do be zooming whilst yeah. also in a meeting. There yeah, you go. there's stuff happening. I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of lockdown, I did do a lot of it uh, virtually. Yeah. But as you were saying, like three months in, actually, that lost its edge. Yeah, and I just it was a novelty at first, wasn't it? Everybody yeah. did Joe Wicks. Well, everybody in my household did Joe Wicks for the first mm-hmm. week. And then yeah. it was like, oh, my boys. We were trying to get my boys to it do it. It was actually my boys that were like, oh. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, you're right. So I went and did my own thing. That's what's perfect. But um, the dancing ones basically are the, the things that, that get me. Right. Um, I do like going also just to the gym. Yeah. And when I first joined, uh, the guy gave me a sort of, he said, well, if you do 10 minutes, 10 minutes and 10 minutes. So I do it on like the cross trainer, the treadmill and the bike. He's like, you've already done half an hour cardio. So right. basically, I just try to do that like every time I go. Yeah, nice. And for me, I think I'm so led by music in my life that I, if my headphones have run out of battery, I like can't go. Right. I have to have my headphones on and like booming music. Yeah. And it has to be so, so loud. Yeah. To be motivated. Yeah. So I actually do enjoy going because it's also just another time to like listen to your favourite songs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> cropped up before actually. Yeah. And um, he, he was in a previous podcast. He said exactly the same. He runs, and and he said he actually started running because the only time he was hearing music was when he was playing it, mm. uh, or when he was writing yeah. it or recording it. And he was there were there were so many songs that he was missing out on. Yeah. So he would he would put his you know all these new tunes on and run and mm. that was his way of listening so that's really interesting that's cropped up again yeah music is definitely and that's why I love Zumba because it's really high energy mm. and it's all the sort of music that I like anyway is this quite skills based as well yeah I have a lot of friends that are much fitter than me but they just can't handle it they can't hack it because they can't, can't like follow, follow choreography yeah or they get or they're embarrassed or they're shy yeah Um. so I do think that you have to have the right sort of you have to find something that works for you either personally either mindset 
Because some ladies come and they're not doing it properly, but their mindset is like, well, do you know what? I'm moving and I'm loving it, <laughs> yeah. so I don't care. But, um, yeah, it is, I suppose, a skill set. Yeah. I, I, I probably bore anybody that's listening to this podcast, but the reason I started to box was because I knew I'd be learning skills. Mm-hmm. But at the same time as learning those skills, I would be exercising. Yeah. Uh, and it's been brilliant, you know. Um, so anything like i think you've got to enjoy it that's that's the fundamental thing is that you've got to enjoy what you're doing because otherwise it just becomes monotonous and quite mm. oh, i've got to go there again I and don't do like that things thing like hit and <clears throat> things like that no i'm not a fan and pe- things with no music like i went to a personal training session and basically he was like right we're going to do 20 of these and we're going to do 10 of these and i was like okay where's the music there was no was like silent yeah. and it just feels it just feels like torture it doesn't feel what i've learned though is that you can't i mean i, I have a pt that um, i do my weights with and i the guy i box with as well and we always have music on but what I have learned, sort of at this stage now, is to tell them, like, uh, tell them what you're unhappy with, because mm-hmm. they you should be good enough to sort of adjust it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think um, that's certainly something that, that you know, if uh, this isn't working for me, I, I want to do something a bit more, yeah. Um, or I want to do something a bit more focusing on this, or just being open and honest, and again, just that idea of talking about how I'm feeling without trying to bore anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate that the people I work with kind of get it. Um, and uh, you know, just again, it goes back to the idea of just saying how you're feeling, just to you know make things a bit better from a fitness point of view. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, okay, cool. The other so thing I wear is a MyZone belt. I don't know if you've ever heard of one of those. Uh, uh, I've never heard of that. MyZone. MyZone. <laughs> Sounds no. like I'm advertising. I thought it was some sort of soup. But again, MyZone belts. MyZone. If you want to sponsor us, we're happy for that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we could sponsor me. Send yeah, me. and and Leanne, yeah, we'll take sponsorship. <laughs> um, no, it's really good. I basically got it at the gym, like when I first signed up. Right. And it's basically a heart rate monitor. But it links with an app on your phone. And also in certain gyms, it links with all the screens. Oh, great. So when you're working out, there's like different colored zones, which is called my zone. Right. So And then when you finish working out, you get a reading. And then you can like earn points. Um, and then across the week and across the month, you can look back at like what you've done all week and what yeah. you did all month. I guess oh, it's cool. other people just use a fit. I was going to say, yeah, like I'm, that. I'm, I do that on my watch. Mm. So yeah, but that sounds very similar. But, but this me- measures your effort. Oh. So like you could walk, you could go on a walk for like six hours, but you'd just stay in blue. Yeah. Um, and you might earn the same amount of calories, but you, then you can compare it to like an hour Zumba class where you were in the red and the yellow, which are really high. Mm-hmm. You might have burnt, I don't know. You know what I'm it's trying to say? Yeah, I think compare. so. The amount of effort. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And uh, is there reward then for the more effort you put into it? Yeah. And you earn on the app, you earn like medals. So like I got my gold recently and it's just, and basically that means you've been doing it for like a year. Um, and it just feels really, feels really good. We're all children at heart, aren't we? It's that yeah. whole. Um, can I have a sticker for doing that, sticker, please, Miss? Yeah. It is that. And, I love this. I love the stickers. You we do. Get. I love. Oh, the that's where I heard that. World. Yeah, that's where I heard it the other day. Someone said, "I'm just a child at heart." Yeah, magnet. I've got all the magnets on a on a blackboard in my kitchen. Mm. Um, all right. I, I say I've been there for four years, so um, you do get them for certain milestones and things. But it, it serves as a motivation and a reminder. Yeah. Yeah, I've dec- my, my book. I um I've decorated mine with my my boys have given me stickers. Not ne- not purposely for the book, but I've I, I've stuck their stickers on onto my book because it's it does serve as a bit of a reminder. Like for me, it started when I had my you know when we had our first boy, and I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I should do this seriously now. And 
So having their stickers on there, alongside the the many, many uh, Slimming World stickers that I've also won. Um, I think Lorraine might have given me a few uh, in, in error, actually, because I'm sure there's a repeat of club 10 thing that i got i got three club 10 things yeah, but you can usually you can do that a few times can't you club can you 10? i just yeah. thought she'd forgotten and sent me another one <laughs> i was like yep oh great i'll take another certificate thank you yeah sorry uh, if you like go up a little bit and then you lose again then you're like back into your 10 percent oh really so oh, good. Give well, you I'm, I'm owed another one then soon if that were the case i think i probably should have got my five stone award <laughs> about do 50 th- times yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> i think it was probably just a mistake because we were on lockdown she probably, probably had lots of things to think about oh. but I'll take it. I'll take any certificate. But yeah, it goes back to that whole, give me a sticker. You know, I've mm-hmm. done a really good job. But yeah, I get all that on my watch as well. So mm-hmm. you get a little thing. And for me on my watch, uh, I um, I compete with a friend of mine. So whenever he does a workout, I see it. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we went, we went through a time where he actually still owes me a meal. He owes me a curry. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to call him out on that. Billy Cunningham, you owe me a curry uh, because I won. So this will really prove whether you're listening to the podcast or not. But yeah, well, we I defeated him quite quite massively actually. Um, okay, so finish. So tell me about your relationship with food. Mm. What was it for you? What What's my vice? Uh, what's your relationship with food? Like, what, what, what? Where do you think you? Because oh, I mean, you're unhappy about it in places. Yeah, where, I'm where unhappy do you think at the moment with my food. You are happy with it. No, unhappy. I suppose. Okay. Why are you unhappy now then? Because um, I've definitely fallen into bad habits in lockdown. Definitely right. in lockdown, and then also the exercise I was doing dropped sure. a bit. So I basically put back on. Right, okay. Um, so I've been back doing it properly since the boys went back to school. Everything is for me. Like, when they're <laughs> not with me, it's so much easier. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Um, I just don't... I haven't got on the scales, so I don't know if I've lost any pounds, but I know I've lost inches because things fit better again. That's good. But um, food... I have done Slimming World on and off since probably being about 16 maybe and i've never really got very far i've only ever lost sort of like maybe one to two stone um i have a big goal this is going to be a big topic by the way i don't <laughs> know if i'm going off tangent <laughs> no sorry um i i have to have a double mastectomy right and it's it's preventative because i have the BRCA2 breast cancer gene so it's nothing to worry about at the moment. And every year I have an MRI. Mm-hmm. So I know that at the moment I'm fine. But basically the big consultant at Darrant Valley like two years ago was like, you're a ticking time bomb and what are you doing? You need, to, And I'm not going to operate on you until you're much That's smaller. That's nice. That's a positive way of approaching it, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> it did. Sh- it did. I, I, obviously, I was like a mess at mm. the time, but mm. it did make me go, oh, oh, yeah, OK, I do need to do this. And uh, she said, if you're telling me you can't lose weight, I'll put you in for a gastric band tomorrow. Obviously, she was being dramatic. Yeah. Um, but it did make me think, no, I don't want to do that. I can do it myself. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I have, I'm have i on a journey. Yeah. And I have a long way to go. Yeah. And I feel like every year that goes by, I'm like, lo- I'm like running out of time. I was, I was talking about food, didn't I? But That's um, all right. That's the, this it's is about the sharing. It's about talking, isn't it? The podcast. So yeah. talk. It's absolutely cool. Well, that's the reason I have to lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Because I have to have an operation. Yeah. Um, Can I just interject about the the the, uh, the surgeon? That really mm-hmm. bothers me how medical professionals talk to mm-hmm. people who might be experiencing difficulty with losing weight. Mm-hmm. And it and has it's all, all about BMI. Yeah, and that does, that's not relevant as well. I, you know, I Freddie Flintoff. So frustrating. I, I, there was a documentary about Freddie Flintoff the other day, and apparently mm-hmm. his BMI. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm close to being obese. Uh, that's not right it's no. to do with his height and his his weight and stuff. 
But I just, people who like who are medically trained, I think they need to have a little bit more um, empathy. Yeah. You know, and Rich and I were discussing in our first podcast. You know, it is a bit of a mental condition. I, I feel certainly for me, uh, mm. and and you know, I've had people do it to me when I when I just um, started to see successes with Slimming World. But I was still at that point where I was still feeling a bit fragile about what I was doing and I felt a bit insecure about it as well. And I think I might have been on the back of having a gain. And I had to go to my pharmacy about something and, and the, the pharmacist was like, oh, well, you might be diabetic. And literally, word for word, gave me my prescription <laughs> and he said, oh, you might be diabetic. You should lose weight. What? And I, I, was, I was a bit fragile because I was feeling a bit unwell anyway. And I actually... Ordinarily, a few years before that, I would have just sort of taken it kind of, oh, okay, cool, and, you know, gone to do the blood test and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I actually said, well, actually, um, and this is the first time I'd, I'd had that previously. I'd had that loads bef loads of times before. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I turned around and said, well, actually, I think there might be a bit of a mental health thing for me. I'm dealing with a lot in my head. Uh, and actually, I've realized what I've learned is I need to deal with those things before I can deal with that thing. I said, I appreciate your concern. I said, but I feel you're going about it the wrong way. And I feel that massively about. There wasn't other people around, was it? No, of course it was in you know in a pharmacy with other people there. It wasn't <laughs> loud. Hideous. He was saying it to me, but and I, I would have said something else. But they? yeah, but of course, and like, but ultimately, he is saying that to make me lose weight so I can be healthier, and that's a plus. That's a positive I can take from that. But what's really bad about that is that they're not considering the potential mental health aspects that might be there. Mm. They're not considering the aftermath of that because that could have easily and it, previously that would have. I'll oh, be quiet, Siri. Previously that would have made me consider going. Oh, well, what's the point? Mm. You know, this guy is not seeing the level of effort. Well, and th that has happened mm. on a number of occasions. And previously. also, somebody else that he says that to the next day might have been on the edge of Absolutely. doing something. Yeah, and his comment might have pushed them over. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't know whether it was. I mean, he didn't. He, I, I did act it quite beautifully. Maybe not Olivier Award standard. <laughs> I'm sure um, it was. Well, thank you. Uh, but he certainly said it in such a way that it, it took me by surprise. It made mm. me think, oh. It's rude. And he, Yeah, it is rude. There's a level of unconscious bias about it, isn't there? Well, they do, he, he's thin. He's small. You know, he's obviously happy with his... Maybe he's happy with it. Maybe he's not. But, you know, he's not considered clinically obese like I am. You know, and there's maybe no stigma attached to what he's looking like. And, you know, man, just, just lay off a little bit, you know? Mm. You know, take me to a room and say, listen, you know, I'm a bit concerned about your weight, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And, you know, my, my, um, my, my grandma had the same thing that you've had from that surgeon. You know, I will not operate on you until mm. I get that. They're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I had my vocal operation, they, they said, look, you need to lose a few pounds. They actually reproached it really well. Mm. And they were like, listen, you're a bit overweight for where we're comfortable doing the operation for the anaesthetic. We'd like it if. And I was like, yeah, cool. No worries. You know, absolutely. Got any tips? What could you suggest? They put me... It was amazing. Um, you know, and I did that and I had the op and... Yeah, great. But that needs to happen more. Like, that, mm. people need to be educated at that level in terms of how to talk to people yeah. who might be, you know, struggling but a bit. But she works in the Empress unit, the breast unit at Darren Valley. You think that she meets people, ladies... Um, surely, you know, lots of ladies, all different sizes. Mm. Surely she knows how to speak with care and, like, grace. I don't know. Well, that, I, mean, I guess it's the approach, isn't it? Because everybody will react differently to how you say something. Mm -hmm. And it's that sort of one-size-fits-all approach might be convenient for her because it gets her through the day. Yeah. but It's quicker. It, it's quicker, but it doesn't get the end results needed no. from everybody. Because there might be some people where being stark and to the point and quite blunt and rude is the wake-up call that they need mm. to go... And it did at the time for me, I Well, suppose, I think it, I think it, for everybody, it has an initial impact of, oh, yes, 
but then it also it does result in that person still then questioning what they might be already doing or well actually they said and if they're not seeing any progress then you know that's always going to be in the back of their mind i kind of agree that of course you know they've got to have the one size fits all because they do work incredibly hard we, we can't deny that mm. at all and this is not, you know, we're not slagging off the, the people who are doing such an incredible job. I need to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> of um, course, of me course, too. You know, but it's just, that's that's my experience. And by the sounds of it, you've had the same experience. And that, that uh, that's reassuring for me, actually. Like I've said about what, what you said a moment ago, Michelle, I'd like to hear other people have heard that and it, they are getting pissed off by it as well. Yeah. So but it makes me, ang- the actual BMI thing makes me the angriest. I, I have to agree with you. Cause I I sh- come with me and watch what I can do and I will show you that I'm fit just because I weigh a certain number doesn't I feel like it doesn't have it doesn't mean anything about my heart or anything like that I think there was something to be said about uh, this is something a, a friend of my mum's told me and she's a PE teacher so they, they study the history of, of fitness and etc BMI was set up post World War 2 yeah. where generally food wasn't there wasn't as much food or mm. and we were still shorter weren't they we've yeah. all got taller as well exactly so as a race we've evolved and therefore what is considered healthy has naturally got to have evolved as well but we're still being measured in, against these same parameters that are sort of 70 80 years old and hmm. probably mm. out of context well I, I don't really if i'm one thing that i think is quite good about me is that i'm quite ignorant to it to that and i kind of don't i do care obviously but I don't know enough about it and I'm you know and that actually is a good thing I think because you said earlier about you know you're not jumping on the scales but you can feel your clothes fit better yeah um and you know but I she can. doesn't care about that because no but that's the, like that that's but I think what we need what what I, you know what um sorry I made you a golf thought no no you haven't but what's been really useful for me is the fact that going to Slimming World and hearing from people you need to just be happy with the small successes that you've had I'm wearing a jumper tonight that was bought for me last Christmas that didn't really fit. It fits. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm still conscious of the fact that it hugs a little bit closely. But that I think is in my head because I think anybody that's looking at that probably doesn't think doesn't no. think that. <laughs> it, and that comes from me. Like I, you might see me pull it, you know, every now and then from mm-hmm. my from my belly and I'm looking on the on the on the TV that Adam's staring it's at. It's a really unflattering light. Yeah, unflattering light yeah. and you know maybe I should posture a bit, let's sit up a bit more. So there's so many like I get that now, and that's purely just from, as I keep saying, chatting to people and hearing that from other people. My trousers are far too big. They keep falling down, more notches. It's all those small things which, when I feel fragile and low about my journey, (laughs) then I think, well, actually, yeah, I'm feeling a bit crap today, but I've just had to put another notch in my belt. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to buy a special belt notch thing. That's that's saying something for me. That's really cool. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really grateful for you to uh, that you've shared that with us and of course you know um i think a lot of people will, will probably have very similar stories and that's exactly why um i wanted to bring this podcast about but look let's let's pause for a moment and leanne if you're cool we would love to hear you singing um, okay, cool. an amazing voice and what are you going to sing for us i'm today? going to sing a song called place to hide mm-hmm. which is by written by lucy silvers yeah um who's an incredible artist her voice is like unreal and she writes really beautiful lyrics and melodies. And this also is very special to you because it was your first dance at your wedding, right? Yeah, um, it was... Was that right? Somebody, yeah, it's one of our... We had a lot of music at our wedding, as Good. I'm sure. <laughs> um, you did as well? Yep. Um, 
my two friends sang it for me when we signed the register. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so it's very special then. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to um, just hear a, a lovely, uh, lovely piece of music now. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, Leanne Jones. That's what you need Tell you life is never cruel And people never leave But life's not always kind And hearts break all the time But even when I'm far from Call me day, call me night Call me anytime you need some to talk to the tears in your eyes will be gone they will dry and if you still find that you can't face the world outside let me be your place to hide little corner of the world is what I give to you Somewhere you can find some peace and understanding. Life can be so sweet. Call me day, call me night, call me anytime you need someone to hold you. The tears in your eyes will be gone. They and if you still find that you can't face the world outside, let me be your place to hide. Let me be your place to hide. Me be your place to hide. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was lovely. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely amazing. Thank you, Leanne. What a voice. Stunning voice, huh? 
Absolutely, and seeing it live as well, it's, I know. it's phenomenal. Aww, yeah, really thank cool. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate both of you um, popping in today um, to uh, have a chat. Um, and I kind of want to wrap, wrap things up a little bit now. We, we sort of, we've covered an awful lot, actually, and we've gone to some places which we, we didn't even discuss at the beginning. So thank you for that. We, we didn't cover you with your food, Leanne, and your mm-hmm. relationship with that. So just let's just sort of jump back to that for a moment. What, what is it for you? Uh, what's your relationship like with food? Come on, let's go there. <laughs> well, recently, I when I lost weight before lockdown, yeah. I tried to do like a low-carb, low-sugar and it was definitely not keto, like as strict as that. Yeah. But I just basically ate things like avocados and nuts and seeds again and um, hummus and um, things that like are yummy mm. but are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Slimmy World, obviously those things are like on the blacklist. But um, I just think you will probably have to do one or the other. Yeah. And I did lose weight with it. Yeah. Um, so it's just about consistency, isn't it? Really, with 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 whatever you're doing, that's that's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Where's where not where has it gone wrong? But where does it? If you are to sort of have a, a bad day, yeah. or you know, or to be a bit naughty with your food, where does it go wrong for you? Because well, half term it's basically half term at the moment. But what's the food that like? Because for me, chocolates, crisps. Oh yeah, cho- I mean, yes, of course, that's my vice. Yeah, is it chocolate? Yeah, I probably do with that crisps. And being on the road because uh, you know you, you're a performer. Being on the road, I wonder if our lifestyle of sort of service station stop offs mm-hmm. is the same. You know, where you're just like, well, I don't know when I might have food again mm-hmm. you know, today uh, so you sort of tend to stock up on yeah. things that are in a bag rich you know rich was saying in the first podcast you know he being a, a musician that was moving all around the country you know he'd stop off and get fuel and he'd buy you know this that and all the other and it was mm-hmm. the same it was really interesting hearing that because that's again what i did yeah. you know and i thought i was the only one yeah me too um, I so yeah okay cool all right but well i find half time difficult as well though because because then you i'm have out bring of my routine yeah and I'm running about all over the place. And for example, um, today I had a quite a bad breakfast because we weren't in our normal breakfasty sort of thing. Yeah. And then we were out in a park, and the kids were starving, and there was a pub. So we all went and had a pub lunch. Yeah. It was my f- with my friend. Um, and then I had to work between that and coming here tonight. Mm. So I didn't eat. And then basically on the way here, I was like, oh my god, like. I get a headache if I don't eat, you know. Yeah. So I was like, what am I going to have for my dinner? And it just causes that anxiety. And probably that's when I know I'm probably in a bad place as well because I start to think like, oh, well. I could just grab this. Yeah. What yeah. will happen if I don't eat? I need to eat. So anyway, I did get a Subway salad. Mm-hmm. But I did stand there going, should I just get the six-inch bread? Because it would be <laughs> quicker. But I'm just really trying to do like, no bread helps me a lot, I think. I love bread. Even if I just cut that first. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a busy lifestyle, and that make, does make it very difficult to sort of to plan your meals. And certainly, mm-hmm. when I was just starting with Slimming World, the whole cook more at dinner lunch thing that was really useful. But also, I I, I often lack the willpower to not go in and buy those those delicious chocolate digestive thins. Oh yeah, you know, and just consume the lot because yeah, they're cause small. Yeah, you think you can have a couple. Yeah, and then actually um, or you know, two packets of Jaffa cakes on the way home from a gig at one o'clock in the morning because I need the energy. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first thing for me was actually finding that willpower of looking at it again. No, yeah, no, just mm-hmm. no, and knowing alternatives to go to, um, and that's where the whole being in a group thing and being able to ask questions and actually occasionally chatting to people um you know online and saying oh what would you do in this situation so mm-hmm. yeah i get i get that 100 mm-hmm. percent. your lifestyle is crazy when i went back to i'm a teacher as well so when i went back to school um i, I was determined at the beginning of lockdown not to be um not to have put on weight um and i haven't i'm quite pleased that i'm still below the figure that i was going into that which is great 
Um, but it actually, I started to see way more results when I went back to work, when that routine resumed, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, routine is so important, isn't mm. it? But it's so tough when you've got such a busy lifestyle. But, yeah, I think it's good that we're talking about it and, and, um, and hearing that other people are doing the same thing. So, yeah, thank you. Well, just finally, Leanne, from you, what would you say to somebody who was coming to you and saying, I'm not happy with my, you know, my weight at the minute, I'm not happy with my fitness? What would you say to them? How, how would you encourage them to start? I think I would just tell them not to think about the big picture and just, I'd be like, come with me tomorrow. Let's just do it tomorrow. Mm. Um, and Start small. When I say come with me, like I'm trying, I, I'm encouraging a lot of my friends to come with me to these dance, like aerobic classes I've been doing and stuff. Yeah. Because it's so fun. Yeah. Like, at least for me. Like <laughs> I was saying, some friends, that's probably their idea of hell. Yeah. But um, yeah, and a lot of them are like, oh, I've been meaning to for ages. And so I just always say like, well, let, just let's just do the first one. And then often if they come and then they've like struggled with routines and I'm like, you definitely need to do the second one mm. because you'll, when you come back, you'll be like, oh, I do remember you a little bit stick of this. It, haven't you? Yeah. And then by the third, hopefully they'll be fine. Mm. Um, kind of like know. baby steps really, isn't it? Yeah. Start small, build up, remember yeah. those successes. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about for you, Michelle? Because I know, you know, you've, you've had an incredible journey uh, doing what you're doing. So what would your... You're kind of like the oracle of everything um, uh, for me when I'm sitting in the group. So what would you say? Imagine I've just walked in again. (laughs) Well, I would actually echo what Leanne was saying, that it doesn't matter whether, and our consultant will say the same thing, it doesn't matter whether you've got half a stone to lose or 15 stone to lose. Your goal and your your journey is your journey, and you need to approach it the way that works best for you. I knew that I what I wanted to lose when I w- walked in the door. I knew how much weight I wanted to lose, but I knew if I set myself that target straight away, I was never going to achieve it because it mm. felt unachievable. Yeah. So I set myself interim targets. So first of all, it was get over this hurdle. So let's lose a stone. And then when you get to a stone, okay, I can do this. I'm going to make it two stone. Um, and then suddenly next thing you know, three and a half, four, four and a half, five. You've got all these certificates on the wall and uh, it does. It didn't feel like such a massive change to my life mm. and it didn't feel like I'd had to work so that much harder at it. It, yeah. it just felt achievable. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to do it for you. Don't do it because somebody else wants you to do it. No. It's, it's all about the mindset of what you want to get out of it because you resent it i think don't you otherwise absolutely the person and it exactly you will never get the results that you want to see if you don't really want to do it yeah exactly Mm. yeah brilliant all right well listen thank you both so much uh for coming and uh talking this evening um we um if we wanted to know more about your tour leanne um where where can we go to find out more you didn't look did you no i didn't look (laughs) Um, it's definitely coming to the woodville okay and that is where is the woodville in case this has ended up in like dubai and the podcast yeah you never know the woodville is in gravesend in kent in the uk and there are a couple of other kent uh venues okay um we'll be doing the assembly halls yes we are yes i just couldn't tell you what month though uh, without looking at my phone, but um, yeah, I know that uh, well, we the Woodville September, okay. September twenty one. So it must be around that sort of time, surely. Mm, it, well, the thing you'd think, but the tour goes up and down, up and down, around oh, about. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we can put anything uh, like that on our Instagram page mm-hmm. um, and on our Facebook page. So if if there's anything you want to, you know, tell us about your tour, then sure. uh, do feel free. And if anyone's listening and they want to um, follow either of those, it is the Wedding Thinners. So do feel free to um, get in touch on there as well. 
And if anything that we've been discussing uh, this evening has uh, touched a nerve or you want to know more about anything that's Slimming World related or, or just you know, want to chat to somebody, do feel free to uh, drop us an email. We are not medically trained in any way, shape or form. We have to really make, make that very, very clear, don't we? Because we're not. But this is just our personal experiences um, and we're just trying to promote the idea of chatting. And thank you both so much this, um, for coming down and, and having that lovely chat. Thank you. Thank, thank you for inviting us. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs>